0: Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Bradley Hartman, CEO of the Behind Your Back Sales Company. Bradley is kind of a big deal in the LBM space. He's a speaker and consultant that is committed to helping lumberyards and suppliers in much the same way Remodelers Advantages helps you remodelers. He's here today to share the secret things that dealers are saying behind your back, and we'll hear all about them in just a minute. You are causing a major disturbance on my time
1: if i'm here and you're here doesn't that make it our time
2: Hi, this is Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Well, hello there. How are you?
0: I am awesome today.
2: Me too. So good. This is going to be a high-energy episode, and we have a high-energy guest, We too, do. which is wonderful.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited. I've actually been listening to Bradley's podcast, his um, the Behind Your Back podcast, um, for a couple of years now, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, I think he launched it about the same time we did. Ah. Um But it's great. I, I like it a lot because he's very similar to me. He's movie quote guy. He's into sports. He's very sarcastic, and so we're we're no kind of like. No doubt
2: you like his stuff. <laughs> so, Jeez.
0: Yeah. Half the stuff he's talking about makes no <laughs> difference to me. I just like listening to the anecdotes and <laughs> other stuff. But That's great. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff. So I'm excited to have him on. It it was a no brainer to have him on because. You know, he's. You know, if, for most people that know, I started in the lumberyard space, right. right in the industry. I, I started my career in at eighty four lumber. Yeah. Um, and then switched from the the bad side, <laughs> and I came over here to the good side, <laughs> right? So, uh, with the remodelers and, and home builders. So, um, I thought, man, this is great. Let's have someone that lives and breathes that side and talk to to our listeners.
2: Good. Well, great idea. I'm glad you thought that way. So let's get started, shall we? Start away. Our guest today, Bradley Hartman, is the founder and CEO of the Behind Your Back Sales Company, and he spent more than a decade in operations and purchasing for a national home builder. Bradley now helps lumber and building material suppliers and distributors make it easy for contractors to grow their businesses. Welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, Bradley.
1: It is great to be here. Um, I'm excited. I've been listening to your show for quite some time, and... uh, Dude, uh, is this just too early for a plug? It's lobster, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, love the book. So I've been, for the last uh, what, 30, 45 days, I've been living in your world, so I've had a lot of fun. Nice. I'm excited.
2: Good. Well, thank you. That's thank awesome. you for that little plug. So, Brantley, what's the, what's the story behind the company name?
1: Sure. Be- behind the Behind Your Back?
2: Yes. Yeah. Behind the Behind Your so, Back, yes.
1: Yeah, I grew up in the uh, lumber yards and then got into construction and after college started working for Pulte Homes and... Spent about eight years in the field, built over a thousand homes. And then during the very exciting and pivotal and some days gut wrenching years of 2007 to 2011, I was working in purchasing. So buying material and labor for seven markets from uh, Cleveland to Denver. And it was there, uh, (laughs) the way it was going, I started to have some entrepreneurial ideas of my own. So I started thinking about, hey, I need to really understand how folks sell. Uh, So we started taking diligent notes and started really collecting uh, upwards of over a thousand different kinds of emails, voicemails, interactions, trying to understand what the best salespeople did. And I eventually wrote a book called behind your back, what purchasing managers say once you leave the room and how to get them to say yes. And the premise of it, I think is important was that we all want the same things. And I know oftentimes uh, purchasing managers were, look down upon in a bad light, kind of ruthless and cruel. But we all, we just wanted to work with experts, with ideas and insights who could help us make, find and save money, you know? And uh, so that was, that was kind of the core behind your back. And then that kind of led to, hey, let me tell you what's happening on the other side of the desk and how we can collaborate. And now I spend most of my time with lumber building material dealers and distributors.
2: So what a A, I think it was a great title for your book, but what a great way to approach research, Because you were being pitched constantly by all sorts of building product salespeople.
1: Yeah. So, Well, and to state the obvious, I realized if I wanted to do, start my own business, I would have to, I'd have to be strong at sales. And I realized that being in purchasing is as far as you can get from sales. Every joke you tell is funny. Every haircut you get is great. You know everything you do, every email and voicemail are returned promptly. Why? Because you control their money. And I realized yeah. this is just a facade and <laughs> I truly need to figure out what the best people did. So I started to, trying to reverse engineer that. And, um, you know, for, for every poor salesperson, there was someone who I just learned a great deal from, but yep. And I think in all our businesses, you can learn from what not to do or what to do from from everyone in our industry.
2: That's right. So let's talk a little bit about lumberyards and and building material suppliers. You know, I've been in this business a long time, and I've seen that ebb and flow. New construction goes up. All those companies go flying over to new construction and ignore the remodeler. New construction goes down. They start all jumping over to the remodeler side until new construction comes back up. Yep. Why is that?
1: Well, I think fundamentally for most lumberyards, and we're going to talk uh, maybe in a little bit just about some lumberyards that their point of differentiation and the way they structure their business is better suited to truly serve remodelers. But fundamentally, I think you have a challenge when you have uh, commissioned outside salespeople that have limited time. Their goal is to get the most volume at the highest margin to uh, produce gross profit dollars that is forming their compensation. That's how they get paid. So when you have a remodeler that maybe is somewhere between a million and $10 million, a certain percentage of that is coming from material, you start saying, well, of my limited time, where should I invest my time and attention? And I think that's part of it. Um, And other times you have outside salespeople that really they will just want to have an account under their name But again, they don't have all the time in the world, so they're making trade-offs in their time. And unfortunately, the trade-off would be kind of treating many remodelers like second-class citizens until, you know, uh, things hit the fan in the economy, and then all of a sudden, the refuge is coming back to the remodeler business. So um, I wrote something called, you know, The Damn Problem with Salespeople, and it was this drift to account management. And when salespeople have you know, pressures on their time to produce money, the first person they're going to go to is their largest, best account. And they're going to be, they're going to think like an account manager and customer service because that's where the easiest path would be to get new business. And, and just for those reasons, their models are going to be further down the line unless they're structuring their business to truly serve them in a unique way.
2: So what would that unique way be? I mean, what have you, what are some of the things that you have seen in, in companies that are doing it right
1: yeah, our recommendation is oftentimes when you think about the remodeler business, which you guys do a heck of a lot more than I do, mm-hmm. it, there's so much more drama in remodeling, right? And there's a reason there's a hundred different shows on television about renovations and remodeling. How many are there for new construction? Oh, yeah. uh, zero. Why? Because there's no audience, there's no built in tension and drama. So what we always say is, hey, sometimes if we want to grow this book of business and truly serve remodelers in a unique way, let's think about our inside sales team that are often paid hourly uh, or salary instead of on commission. Mm -hmm. And how can we have them devote a certain percentage of their time, whether at least 50, upwards of 100% of their time, exclusively focused on the needs, the fears, the pain, and the opportunities for remodelers? Because it's really hard to jump back and forth with not only the velocity, but the intensity to take care of remodelers and then have that next phone call be someone ordering a frame pack and they need takeoffs and they want trusses. It's hard to go back and forth. So I think structurally, how are we setting up our team to exclusively or overwhelmingly focus on the specific needs of remodelers? And if they're not set up that way, they might just be talking a good game and you will feel that down the line at some point.
2: Right. That's really interesting. You know, we often talk about if you're going to set incentives or things like that, just set it up to reward the things you really want to have happen. And, you know, so that's a little bit what you're talking about, too, there. That's great. So what do these suppliers say behind the backs of the remodelers?
1: Well, I would say the number one thing they say, but this is uh, around about everyone, is that when it comes to scheduling And planning accordingly, in general, construction folks don't do that very well. And a lot of it is, I just need this tomorrow. Now, remodelers have a different perspective. When we open up this wall, we have a known unknown. I know I'm going to open up that wall, and I don't know what's behind it. So sometimes they're going to have to react more, but sometimes we'll hear from our clients is what makes it hard is it just seems like our only interactions go from fire drill to fire drill.
2: Yeah.
1: And that naturally creates this relationship where... We don't have time to breathe and plan longer term. So what we'll try to say is, and again, realize everyone's busy, but to the degree that you can, just like you would for a new construction is how do we sit down? How can we spend a little bit of time really understanding what you're trying to do and the timelines and where things might go from zero to a hundred immediately and where we can plan a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Because not only is there less stress there, but you can also, I believe, negotiate more as you're saying, hey... What if I bought windows from you as well? Or what if we did this or that Right. to, um, uh, to at least plan a little bit more to give them more foresight into what's happening?
2: Okay, that's a, that's really important. And I, I agree. Too few of the remodelers out there in the world are doing that, taking that time to do the two-week look ahead, the three-week look ahead, and really right. plan out their projects. That's a really good point. Are there other things that annoy suppliers about remodelers? Are there things remodelers do that they just can't stand
1: yeah i, mean, I think maybe th- tying it back to the first one would be you'll often find salespeople themselves who have a lot of autonomy and obviously if they're 100 commission they have that constant pressure and this is again kind of going to that point about how the the dealer is structured the supplier is structured is when like if you're If I'm a sales guy and I want to service my remodeler, what do I do? Well, it probably means that I have to go to that job and I have to spend time with him. And oftentimes there's homeowners there and there's just a lot of more variability there. If I'm a sales guy, I will just prefer not to do that. And I just won't. So that'll create some tension there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where we kind of go back to, hey, whether we delegate or maybe it's the owner who says, I want this diversification of new construction. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we make sure that we're not annoying salespeople with remodelers by real simply uh, that outside sales rep doesn't have that account anymore. So understanding kind of, Hey, when you buy stuff, who gets paid Mm -hmm. and why? Um, So I think some of those are questions that not only benefit the remodeler, but also really speak to can solve some of the complaints that maybe a mismatch might have internally at that supplier. If that makes sense. Sure.
2: So let's say there's, you know, five remodelers out there and a supplier has the opportunity to sell to only one of them. What do they look for in a really awesome remodeling client that might deserve and that they're excited about putting time into?
1: It's a great question. I would go back to kind of treat this like any sort of prospecting, um, selling scenario where what you're trying to figure out is fit. Uh, Most dealers will say this publicly or it's acknowledged implicitly is that they are generally charging remodelers more because there are generally smaller volumes. So um, I think going in and asking a series of questions about, hey, if I'm planning to do this, you know, if, if I'm buying windows, if I'm buying trim, if I'm buying doors, what here's all the things I'm going to need to buy for my ideal customer, my ideal project, you know, how could you service me best for that? Um, but really thinking about, um, you know, again, how are they structured to really help, help that remodeler?
0: So staying on that real quick. What, so if, if a remodeler is looking, you know, okay, so maybe he's, or she is trying to decide whether, you know, I, I, I'm frustrated with my current supplier. I need, I need to look elsewhere and that type of thing. So what, what should the remodeler be kind of taking into account? Uh, Cause the first thing seems to be, okay, well, what's the best price I can get? but that probably shouldn't be the end all be all right. So what are some things that a remodeler should be doing to, to make sure they align with the, the right supplier for themselves?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think it's an important question. One thing I would just say too, is also sometimes I think companies and individuals discount the value that they bring and they'll think, well, I'm kind of a second class citizen and maybe I'm only doing $5 million this year. Uh, they're dealing with a lot of bigger folks. Well, for any dealer that we're working with, if we could kind of get sole source or a big chunk of a $5 million business and say a third of that is material, that is a meaningful account. So I would say make sure you don't undervalue what you represent as a new account if you were to switch and really have kind of some long-term partnership. Um, And I think if, you know, kind of going back to the question there and and Mark, tell me if this answer is yours is, if there's five remodelers out there, if I'm a dealer, how am I going to view those? We always say this, but sometimes we don't back it up. It's a relationship business. Well, what are we doing to invest the time up front to determine if that relationship is a fit? And sitting down and saying, hey, here's what I've done in the past. Um, what ideas do you have? Because any dealer that we're working with, I'm like, the expectation is you can get the material at a decent price and you can deliver it on time. That's table stakes. What are you going to do to help this remodeler or anyone achieve their dreams, whatever that is? Maybe they want to double in three years. So, really, kind of sitting down and saying, Here's where I want to go. Can you best help me get there? And the more specific and concrete you can be, and again, this is something that you talk about in your book, Mark, the more specific you can be about where you want to go and who you want to be, the better that will allow that dealer to say, Okay, hey, I want to be on this ride with them. And that would really be different as opposed to just, you know, I'm going to call in every now and then and shoot you some stuff and I'm probably going to pick it up and it's going to be smaller volume and on occasion I'm going to need a ton of attention.
0: So, with uh just to carry on that. So, cuz you just mentioned about if you're a 5 million dollar and and I can get the bulk of of your material needs, um you're a good client to me. Uh, maybe from a from a dealer's perspective, what can they do cuz there's the fear of all your eggs in one basket for a remodeler right yep. and so uh, is that a good idea and and what can dealers do to kind of counter that what you shouldn't be spreading around with multiple suppliers like so kind of i guess just talk to that in general
1: yeah this is something i think it's um, kind of a general paradigm that come from the home building but i think is apt for most is that you, wanna, you always want to be thinking about we have two ends of the spectrum. One of them is, hey, we have. We always call it the Pulte bench strength, meaning all my eggs are in one basket. If, if something happens over here, I'm not going to get too burned because I'm kind of spreading it out. And then on the other extreme, we have these volume discounts. Uh, if we sole source, hey, what can we do together? I want to, from a negotiation standpoint, I want to keep these very fluid. And if the right situation uh, arose, I'd be willing to adapt because it could save me time and money. And even just thinking about invoicing at a certain point for a contractor or a dealer, if I just have, if I trust, you know, Victoria and Mark and I'm just invoicing to you and we have a lot of uh, our companies really have a lot of synergy going back and forth. It saves me a lot of time and money on indirect costs by working just with you. So thinking about those things, um, but again, it's kind of this vague area of how much do you trust that person? Because, you know, if something were to happen or they were to run out of materials or prices, you know, went up 3x, that's the world we're living in. Now, i sudden, sudden, how do I adapt to that? But, um, and again, there's a certain amount we just can't plan for. But I'd always want to think that through. And I would, I love dealing with hypotheticals. Hypothetically, what if I did, you know, over the next several jobs that I've lined out through July, I bought A, B, C, D, and E from you when I'm only buying A and B? What would happen? Um, Sometimes everyone's too busy to think a little bit, and maybe that's a sign that you're with the wrong person or wrong company, but they should be salivating at this opportunity to do more business with you.
2: Hey folks. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've likely heard me refer to our Roundtables Peer Group Program. We have a bunch of our members on the podcast in the past and I always try to give them a shout out. Now, if you're not familiar with Roundtables, it is the industry's largest peer group program and we've been hosting them and the peer groups for over 30 years. We bring together groups of 10 to 12 business owners from non-competing markets to share strategies, to share experiences to help one another build action plans to drive the results of each of these companies forward in a way that I've never seen before. We know that you can be successful on your own, but by working with roundtables and a group of your motivated peers, you can cut your progress time in half. There's just nothing like it. Why be alone? Why figure this stuff out all by yourself when you can figure it out with a group of people who know exactly how your business works, what your challenges are, and sh- will share how they overcame each of these. We'd love to have you join us. If you wanna learn more about this, visit our website at remodelersadvantage.com or talk to Steve Wheeler at steve at and he can give you more information about the program. Seats are limited because they have to be non-competing markets. So call today and get to be part of this incredible community of generous, smart, savvy, motivated remodeling company owners. So it seems like you've given us a couple of good tips on that sound like they're in the realm of of purchasing negotiation skills, right? So one is keeping that balance or the fluidity of the bench strength versus the discounts you get from sole source. And the other one being this, the hypotheticals. First, First question is, what percentage of remodelers do you think go and have those kinds of conversations with their suppliers? And the second part of that is more purchasing tips, please.
1: Sure. <laughs> uh, the first one I would say, what percentage it's, it's too few, whatever it is, a hundred percent too Uh And I say that and, and I realize this is a two way street. Cause what you really need is you need a remodeler who's listening to say, I got my, I got my information here. I am organized. I am ready to have a conversation about some longer term commitments we can make, at least in the hypothetical. And I have a very specific agenda. You also need someone on the other end to say, I'm going to make time for you. You are important. And I too, I don't want to talk. I don't want to haggle over the linear foot price base. I don't care. I want to know if we can help you achieve your dreams they need to carve that space. So you have those two variables. Yeah. You need those to match up. So, um, however, for our clients, when we look at just the huge opportunity that uh, remodelers represent, this is time that we must carve out and we must have a process for it. Um, on purchasing in general, I would just say is negotiation is a habit. And I firmly believe, and I test the uh, ranges of this all the time everything is negotiable and it's a habit that if you quit thinking about it, you're going to lose it. It it can atrophy. And we did, uh, well, I'll have to send it over to you guys, but we did a short, maybe it was a 15 minute podcast on just kind of the top three tips for negotiation. And it's just always asking and saying, you know, number one, always, 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 when you're making a purchase large or small to get into the habit is just say, is this the best price you can offer me? And you can also often do this. It has quite a bit of weight. If you just put that as a one line question in an email, they send it over, they quote it. Is this the best price you can offer? Um, I will say upwards of uh, 40% of the time, they will say, well, you know we could do, <laughs> you know? So you've done essentially nothing.
2: It nice. has a
1: better weight when you ask it over the phone. Um, the second question I would follow up and say, no, if this is our best price. I would say, are there any promotions? or any sort of discounts that are going on right now that I'm unaware of, that you should let me know. And at that point, you know, and again, we're keep in mind, we're also training our folks to anticipate these three questions <laughs> right. and firm and not give away margin. So, um,
0: so can then, we get a list of suppliers that you're not working with? <laughs>
1: <laughs> trying to narrow that list as much as we can. Uh, and the third part is just asking a third time. It's just saying, is there anything else going on that could save me money and or time? And my wife, I drive her absolutely crazy with this because if she, I hear on the phone negotiating with something, I will, we just ordered something new for Dyson. We're um, uh, loyal customers <laughs> of Dyson vacuum cleaners. And we went through and I said, ask the third question. She's like getting all frustrated. She's like, anything else you can do? They said, you know what we can do? Uh, we can do free shipping. Well, this battery is like four pounds. We save 55 bucks. Oh, all
2: right, you know, nice.
1: <laughs> and when you, when you pair this trio other than just getting out and feeling comfortable with it. And I try to have some fun with it. uh, If you ask those three questions, I guarantee you at least 50% of the time you're going to get something because people want to be helpful and they don't like saying no. People who say no to all three, those are, I almost get excited when people do it. I'm like, these guys know what they're doing. They're standing firm, you know, (laughs) either that or they don't care. One of the two, but I would say that those, it's a, a real simple framework that you can apply today that for most dealers or distributors, anyone, you're going to get something off.
0: You know, that just popped a a thought in my head. I don't know what the, what the correlation was, but is is there something that the, uh, that the suppliers are doing to determine how how can the suppliers help them, the remodelers with their marketing with um, co-op dollars and that type of thing. And, and what, what, just
1: what can remodelers do to make sure they're getting what's available to them? Mm, that's a great question. I think number one, just asking that question, knowing that there is a, there is a slush fund of dollars that go in annually based on buying volume that can be used for various things. And for some folks, we come to the end of the year and they say, Oh, Hey, we got to, we have to use this money. There's that organization. So I would always ask, Hey, given the, you know, uh, Marvin windows, given the volume buying from them, is there any money that could potentially help me? And just, I think in our industry, and again, why I think your book is so important is that in general, we do a terrible job of as dealers, as distributors, as contractors, as remodelers, of telling a very simple story that says, this is how I'm better, this is how I'm different, and this is who we love to serve. I'm not for everyone, neither are you, but this is what we do great. And if you can put a little money behind that, I also think it's easier to look at your business and say, you're looking... Your logo looks terrible, and your newsletter looks like it was done by a 12-year-old. It's easier to look at someone else than it is to look at your own stuff. Uh-huh. So um, I think something magical happens when you have a dealer who brings in a remodel or anyone else and says, hey, how can we work together to help you sell more uh, with less friction and make more money? Uh, do I have a vested interest, interest in this? Yeah, you're damn right I do but that's incredible value. And the kind of that third person perspective of what's going on in their marketing and their selling process, uh, can be really valuable.
0: It's fantastic.
1: Yeah,
2: I'll say
0: Bradley, uh, we're, we're getting close to the end here, but just before, uh, we, we get to the really exciting lightning round, uh, that I know you're so excited for, um, I am. Do, you, do you have any, like just maybe one last, one big thing you've got, you've got, Every remodeler on the planet, because we're that big listening right now, what's the one thing that all of your clients want them
1: to know? Well, I'll substitute that for a different question. Sure. Like seemingly everyone else on the planet, we've recently had a remodeling job that we did. Uh, We found that here outside of Dallas, everyone was very busy. As someone who spends – you know, most of my brain power thinking about selling on behalf of our clients and selling ourselves and just the sales process is it was remarkable the consistency with the remodels. And we had, I guess we we interviewed five. Um, how many of them it was let me walk in, point me to the room, let me just kind of freestyle, let me point some things out, and then I'm gonna throw you a number. And the person we went with, while their process there was fairly similar, um, it was at every step along the way, you know, we talked about the bathroom and we talked about the cabinetry and then we talked about the shelving and we talked about the door. He had, and he was a wonderful guy, he was a small Hispanic guy, he speaking the language, but this guy could sell at every step along the way. He said, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Let me show you pictures.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so many of them didn't do that. And we had a budget in mind and we, you know, essentially got prices from, I think, four of those. You get to the certain point where you start living in the dream of, oh, I didn't even think of that. Mm -hmm. This guy's an expert in what he does and he can deliver on this. Yeah, that budget I had, see ya. (laughs) You You know, and I just think there's so many variables and there's so much tension when it comes to what remodelers do And they're so gifted in making this an enjoyable experience, letting people know the process up front, even if it's almost identical to what everyone else is going to say. If you can hold up one sheet of paper and say, here's our process. It's a six-step process. Here's how we make it easy. You can understand the timelines, although those might change. Um, That's what we're looking for. And every person, and again, my mind was going on questions to ask and almost kind of quizzing them on their sales process. but. (laughs) so many of them it was just kind of oh this is what I do I come in you point me and I, I sling some things I make some notes on some bar napkins and then I give you a price yeah and I was like I'm, I'll pay more for new ideas and a little bit of professionalism and I'll probably pay a lot more and um, so anyway that's a rambling answer to that's, a relatively simple question but that's that was that was awesome cool
0: alright Bradley I'm so excited for the lightning round are
1: you? yeah I am Yo, these were great questions <laughs> cool and now here's the remodelers advantage lightning round it's a trap
0: all right let's put 60 seconds on the clock here we go what is your favorite business book and why
1: so i love the book it's called the art of profitability by a guy named adrian slywatsky uh for two reasons number one is i think most folks uh do not know fundamentally how they maximize profits in their business number two It's kind of a mentoring story, and they recommend a bunch of other books for this person to read. And going down that rabbit hole of reading those books uh, is a lot of fun and something I would encourage anyone to do.
0: If you weren't helping LBMs, what do you think you'd be doing?
1: You know, I love I love teaching. I love learning. I love uh, making things fun and entertaining that can otherwise be boring or confusing. So it would probably be something kind of in the in the teaching realm. I, I'm guessing
0: your room, your desk, or your car. Which would
1: you clean first? This, this made me feel bad on multiple, uh, <laughs> several, uh, it would be exactly that order. It would be uh, my room uh, and then my desk in the car would be a distant 30 seconds for sure. Name a movie you've seen more than
0: 10 times.
1: Oh, uh, you quoted it. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is The Big Lebowski. <laughs> uh, the other one from a sales perspective, you also mentioned. Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, written by David Mamet, is mm-hmm. an absolute treasure as well. What do you think of garden gnomes? <laughs> Well, if, you can, if you can, if you can produce at a reasonable price with a healthy margin, a small, skinny, ginger-shaped gnome, I will buy dozens of them. That's
0: great. What's the first four-letter word that comes to mind?
1: <laughs> well, this is a, this, I don't know what that says about me. Probably what's going on in my life right now. But it was going to be a four-letter word. So it's the Family Channel. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go the opposite. Love. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: (laughs) Good move.
0: Yeah, that was good. Just the fact that it took that long to come up with what tells me what what actually came to mind.
2: (laughs) Bradley, this has been great. Really gave some really good ideas and and information to our listeners. This is great. Now, before we let you go, however, I want you to share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience and why they resonate with you.
1: All right. I'm going to... I'm going to answer this. I'm going to kick it back to you guys. You're going to get, you're going to choose which one of these is better. It's kind of, they're similar along the same theme, but uh, I have one mantra that I often uh, cite and it happens to be five words. It is raise your prices and act period act accordingly. That was one Uh, in a similar vein. So think about that. Raise your prices, act accordingly. Price to market, not margin. So I don't know. Do either one of those is those. Uh, I, li- I like the first one. I like the first, first one. That
0: works. Price, price accordingly. Yeah. And and you are so clearly a podcast host that you had to take control of this one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, the, well, and, and listeners, we will tell you how to get to his podcast as well. So, Bradley, so why does that resonate with you? Raise your prices, act accordingly.
1: My general belief is, and I struggle this with my own business is I believe human beings and who we are, we always immediately assume incorrectly in many situations that people are more price sensitive than they really are. And if you can come across as an expert who's empathetic and trustworthy and say, I understand where you want to go based on the questions that I'm asking you and I can tailor a solution for that. Don't be surprised if you can charge 10, 15, 20% more. Mm-hmm. And we do this all the times in our personal lives. Yet sometimes when we put on the, I'm a business owner hat. And again, I'm including me in this because I challenge it too, is uh, we assume price is going to be the issue and we miss out when the reality is when I say, when's the last time you've quoted something and they just said, you're way out on the left field and for price and price alone, you didn't win the business. And for many folks, it has been years since that happened, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, I could go on a whole other rant there, Victoria, but that's why.
2: Okay, great. Thanks. So now if people have (laughs) suppliers and they're thinking to themselves right now, man, my supplier needs this guy, how will (laughs) they find you?
1: I would love that. I would always direct people first toward uh, our podcast. I'll say podcast. uh, We're, we're going on here. A couple hundred episodes, said, if you like that idea, if you like the way we approach this, uh, then you will, there's a good opportunity that we'll like working with each other. If you don't, for better or worse, that's kind of who I am. So I would check out the Behind Your Back podcast, kind of available everywhere. And then our website is behindyourbacksales.com. And uh, try to provide, <clears throat> try to provide a, a bunch of resources there so people can kind of try before you buy. And if we can help the community, and a long enough timeline, uh, we'll partner somehow. Yep, there you go. So, so get your uh,
0: your suppliers to listen to Bradley's podcast. There you go. That's what you should do.
2: That's exactly right,
0: <clears throat> Bradley. Before we let you go, can you give us your? Let, why don't we let you go on your show's sign off?
1: Ah, well, it's this sign. It's uh, it's four by three, hanging right in front of my face on my wall. So our tagline, which again is just is, is for me and my kids and our business and everyone, is you are owed nothing. Deliver value first. Awesome.
2: Perfect. Thank Love you it. so much, Bradley. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Bradley. I talking to you. Thanks for making time for me.
2: I thought that was really fascinating stuff, getting it from a different angle than we...
1: From the
0: dark side.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, it just the simple uh, tips he gave about negotiating for more value in yeah. the deals. I mean, yeah. simple, but nobody yeah. does it. <clears throat> I don't it's... do it.
0: He's got such a great presence and he's he's so much fun. And I love his show sign off. He signs off all of his episodes uh, that way. And uh, so I, I wanted to make sure he, yeah, he that's squeezed great. that in. That's
2: good. I like You that. are
0: owed nothing. <laughs> Deliver value first. Right. I love it. Yep. I didn't say it as cool as he did though. <laughs> anyway, we want to thank Bradley for taking the time out of his day to share these behind your back insights with us. And of course, we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I am Mark Harari.
2: And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next week.
1: This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.